today is the first Sunday of Lent, and the, the typical of traditional gospel reading for the first Sunday of Lent is when Jesus gets uh, sent in, out into the wilderness after his baptism, and the devil tries to tempt him lots of times. So that's going to be our sermon text today, um, but I'll warn you ahead of time, I'm probably not going to mention much about Jesus going out to the wilderness until toward the end of the sermon. Now you really got to listen. Where am I going this morning? Um, as always, it's our service this morning, we'll have hymns, and you can use the screens or use the hymnals for the hymns, and we'll have some uh, contemporary music also, and those will all be on the screen. As we go, everything will have the, our mental sync theme as we move forward. Um, I'm going to give you one announcement now, because I guarantee I'll forget by the end of today's service. Turn your, cla- talk, your clocks forward next Saturday night. Okay. We'll see if I remember the service. Let's rise and sing an opening hymn in the cross of Christ and glory.
Almighty God in His mercy has given His Son to die for you. For His sake, forgive you of all your sins. As the call of the ordained servant of Christ by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God uh, will not forgive you your sins and will visit you, your iniquity upon you until you turn from your sinful ways. Come to repentance. Trust in the merits of Jesus Christ alone. Amen. May the Lord who begun this good work in us bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We sing wonderful cross. <clears throat> Oh. Uh -huh.
son was led by the Spirit to fast forty days in the wilderness, and was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Give us your grace and spirit that we may be faithful before temptation and delivered from slavery to sin through forgiveness to serve you faithfully all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. With the first Sunday in Lent, we mark the first week of our journey to the cross, remembering how God delivered his people of old under slavery to freedom. We are called to stand in strength, in the strength of Jesus and the word of God before the tempter's power. From Deuteronomy, we hear how Israel recalled their journey into the wilderness and their deliverance at the hand of the Lord. In Romans, Paul describes how near the word of the Lord is to us, and how all who call on the name of the Lord, and how all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. In the Gospel, we hear how Jesus went from the Jordan to the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil and answered him with the word of the Lord. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and lived it. That's your introduction to the Old Testament.
to put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And for Ephesians. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Thank you. 
not a bad thing. So we uh, we hear excuse me, hear our gospel reading that Jesus was tempted. Do you believe that God be tempted? Well, you're right, he can't, because the Bible tells us that, right? And if, and, and if you remember, so the devil thinks that he can tempt Jesus. And so Jesus is, is, a, is out there. Hmm? Oh, tempting is to try to make you do something that you shouldn't do. It's like this. You know, you all know I love M&M's, right? And you can put a bowl of temptations, right? A bowl of M&M's right there and say, Pastor, you can't have any. Unless you're good. Right? And my hand's going to go like this because I'm going to be tempted to pick up those things. Should I pick them up? No, because I'm not supposed to, right? That's what temptation is. Good question. Thanks for asking it. And so the devil thought that he could make Jesus do things that he should not do. Did you remember any of those temptations that I read about that he tried to get Jesus to do? Well, one was Jesus was in there for 40 days and had not eaten. Scripture says he, he, he was fasting for 40 days. Fasting means he's not eating. And so the devil figured he must be hungry. It's probably be true. And he tells him to hit a stone so that you can get some food. And you know what Jesus says? I'm going to paraphrase it. Don't tempt God. And then he takes him up to, to the top of the, high, the highest point in Jerusalem and says, You can have all this. I'll give you everything you want. How would you feel if I said to you, what's the most important thing you want right now that you don't have? What would you like? Look at that. I guess it's the most new Super Nintendo or whatever they are, PS3s, 4 or 5, I don't know what they are. Do you have any of those games? No? So that's not just tempting. Mm. To go to Disneyland for like a month? Would that be cool? Alright. Sorry, moms. Sorry, grandma. So, um, so that would be a temptation if I, if, uh, if I said, you know what? I'll give you Disneyland for a whole month. But all you got to do is to serve me. In other words, cook my food and change food, feed us every day, wash our clothes, clean our house, mow my lawn. What you doing? Disneyland for a month. <laughs> is that a yes? I'm going to think about that one. So, but that's what temptation does. And so we do that all the time, right? We actually say yes to temptation. We shouldn't say yes, but we do it. And we usually call that we sin, right? Because we end up disobeying, disobeying, doing something we shouldn't do. But here's the good news. What did Jesus do for all of us? He died for us on the cross with absolutely correct. And when he did that, he washed us with his blood and took away all of our sin. Because of that, because we believe in him, guess where we're going to go? We get to go someplace that's way better than Disneyland. It's like if you imagine Disneyland every day of your life, even better than that. Heaven, there you go. Avoid temptation, 
believing him and have a home in heaven with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing our hymn of the day. Then Epiphany. 
and now Lent, which began Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. And soon, we'll have the glorious day of Easter. All of that, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, is all about sin. This place, this Christian church, is here for one reason, for God to expose and to remove our sin. That's the only business of the church. That's why you're here, or should be. The purpose of Lent, of Christ, of the church, is to take away your sin. God's forgiveness, acting, doing everything because of sin. Unfortunately, if we don't think that our sin is so serious, deadly, we find ourselves in a bit of trouble. Because sin doesn't go away. You and I don't have the ability. Temptation is great every single day for all of us. And so this morning we're going to talk about some difficult topics. We're going to talk about some difficult things, some things that none of us ever really want to hear. Because very at the very beginning, we did it a little bit different. I pretty much called you all sinners. Right? And then I forgave you, and then what did I do right after that? I reminded you were sinners. I never reminded you that you're a sinner right after we, did, we pronounced the forgiveness. But this is Lent. And Lent reminds us sometimes when we don't want to be reminded that we are sinners still. Even though Jesus was born on Christmas, with all those wonderful miracles during what we would call the Epiphany season, that's when we hear so many of them, walk through Lent as he prepared to go to the cross, as we prepare to go to the cross, and then he rose from the dead for us. And yet we seem to forget all about Easter until Easter morning. When's the last time you talked about Easter? Easter morning? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Right? We used to talk at the church, at my first church. They used to love to remind me in Lent. One of the customs in Lent, as you can see here, is, is not to have flowers on the altar during Lent. I don't know if anybody grew up in your church that way. So, so I, the first church I served in, in Western Texas was very adamant with me. I asked if we were having flowers for you on, on the altar, and they said, Pastor, have you forgotten? Maybe. What? <laughs> Every Sunday of the church is a little Easter. And they are absolutely 100% correct. And they said, it doesn't belong in Lent. So, how many days is Lent? Okay, so now when you all go home today, I want you to count your calendar from Ash Wednesday to Easter morning. Then send me a note, blow up my email, or blow up my phone, and uh, tell me how many days till Easter from Ash Wednesday. Don't do it right now. I saw you pick up your phone. <laughs> so, um, could you maybe find something interesting that you have to subtract seven Sundays to get to 40 days? Maybe. Just a hint. But, Traditions are traditions in churches. Never forbid me to change tradition unless it suits me. Now I am going singing again, aren't I? Thanks, Dave. 
just got called out by the head of our church here. So, um, so a pastor, if he is to speak truthfully, which we are, and it's not a liar, which I pray I'm not, we then must stand before all the people. Good people, bad people have come. We have to announce the truth about all of us. Us, that they could be. The sin has infected you with death. You can't escape it. I can't escape it. It festers in the deepest parts, working all the way down and all the way through our body and soul. Of course, the world, and even we Christians, sometimes defend ourselves. We say we're mostly good deep down. Anybody ever said that? But if we mean it, then the world and we do not understand sin at all. Because what sin does, it basically rots you and me. It decays us. It perverts what it touches. And it touches you and me every day, numerous times. I gave you one proof. Ever been sick? Ever mistreated anyone? But I thought another one in there. Friend? Ever mistreated a friend? Make it even worse on it, right? You know, we mistreat enemies probably all the time. What about our friends? We do that too. Ever hold a grudge? Still holding a grudge? How about ever hold a grudge here? Suffered an accident? These are things, things are not God's judgment on you for a specific sin, but they are signs of the sin that is in our world and in each of us. All creation. These things cannot happen to sinless people in a pure, sinless world. It all, it's all residue. Something, or sometimes a thick residue of sin. I can prove that you touched a hot stove by showing you your burning fingers. Don't try that at home. I can show you your sin by showing you your, your pain, your weakness, your anger, and your bitterness in this world. If your marriage is perfect, your children are perfect, your health is perfect, your house is perfect, your school is perfect, your work is perfect, if nothing ever, ever breaks down, nothing disappoints you, nothing hurts you, if everything is simply milk and honey, then just relax. You're safe. Sin has not polluted you. You will live forever even without Christ, apparently. You might even say that we need him. My life is perfect. But, and I would assume most of you would agree with me, if not all of you, if your life is not perfect, if your health is not perfect, your family is not perfect, then something deadly is causing all of this grief. And it is not God. God doesn't break or pollute or trouble things just for the fun of it. God is peace, not chaos around you. Love, not hate. Life, not death in you. If chaos and hatred and sickness and suspicion and death has invaded your life and your family, then you need to simply recognize it. It is this. Sin has corrupted you and deep. You're ruined. Sorry, but it is. 
the truth, and you're condemned by it, as I am. But Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The same wilderness that you and I experience every single day of our life. Look beside you in the wilderness, this desert. There is Jesus, also alone, also starving, also miserable, also stopped and hunted by Satan, seeking whom he may devour. This is Jesus on his way to dying. Why is Jesus here? He has never sinned. His body, his flesh, his bone and heart and soul are pure and they are holy. Why is he here in this barren place, hungry, tempted, suffering like, like this, as we heard in our reading? He is simply in the wilderness because you and I are here. Jesus cannot stay in heaven in his peace and glory while you are here suffering. If you lose all things, Jesus loses all things. If you starve and sweat and squirm, he too must starve and sweat and squirm. If you suffer condemnation, he also suffers condemnation. If you are to die, then he must die too. He loves you too much to leave you here in sin's desert. This world, even with its bright excitement and splendor, an amazing advertising, all at Satan's tempting disposal. While this world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, you might recognize that word from, from a mighty fortress, Jesus is by your side on the plain where you are and where the fight is. And Jesus will do the fight himself. Hang on the tree. Rise from the dead. Ascend. Know that wherever Jesus walks in this desert, in this wilderness of ours, new life springs up. Your life. Life from heaven, from God to you. Like a leafy green tree, heavy with fruit in the middle of a desert where you didn't expect it. Tree of life to eat from, and so to eat and get life. And He is a spring of life giving water bubbling up. You don't have to believe me, just turn to John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. Let God tell you in His own words. And He shouts out defiantly against Satan and carefully cultivated drought all around you. And Jesus shouts the words to you and me, which we heard earlier today, forgiven. I said it rather softly. But he screams it. He says, you are forgiven. Jesus suffers. Jesus starves. Jesus wanders in the bitter 40-day wilderness for simply one reason. You are here. And he's here too. To finally get you out of here. To recreate you. And to take you back to heaven to his father. 
That's why the Holy Spirit led him to your spot, to the desert. And so he brings life down from heaven to this spot and to you for your hurt mind, your heart, your bruised body and soul. For the whole of you. God offers you, sin wrecks you, and so death claims you. But Christ heals you of death, forgives, and even perfects you. His water is the only water in the wilderness that will save you. And so he says, I baptize you with it in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And his food is the only food that will nourish you to everlasting life. So he says, take and eat. This is my body given for you and my blood shed for you and your forgiveness. Here is life from heaven in this wilderness. Here is deliverance from Satan and all his works and all his ways. Here is cleansing for your sins. This is why your God is in the desert. Why Christ is with us in our wilderness. With his body, the church is here and even right here. Why you are here at this moment. This life, this deliverance, this cleansing is all yours. But your God, remember is also here with you. And maybe more importantly, he's delivered you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, help us to not forget the wilderness that we walk through every day. Help us not to forget that your Son, Jesus, is with us. Walks the same walk we walked, but lived it perfectly for us so that we too have a place with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So please rise and let's recite together the nice dream. I believe.
church, the people of God led from slavery and the wilderness of death to freedom and life to the forgiveness of sin. For boldness to proclaim this saving gospel to all those still counter, and for strength in the face of temptation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord for all pastors and church workers, that they be kept in holiness. And for those who receive their ministry, that they be brought to faith and sustained in hope. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For courage in the face of temptation, strength in the time of test, and hope in the face of despair, that nothing may cause our faith to waver from our confidence in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For blessing upon the government and institutions of our land. For the light of God's word to shine in the wilderness of unbelief, and for peace in our nation and among the nations of the world, especially over in, in Europe today. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the sick and those who suffer any need of body, mind, or soul, that God grant them healing according to his will and strength to endure their affliction, especially for Sandra as she recovers from knee replacement surgery. Let us pray to the Lord. Do this as often as you drink it and remember it with me. As 
as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ is God. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering all that our Lord accomplished by his obedient life, life-giving death, and glorious resurrection, we give you thanks for keeping us from temptation and for restoring us through forgiveness when we have fallen. We pray you to strengthen us for the journey until we rest in your presence with all the saints forevermore. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Peace of the Lord be with you always.
vacation? <laughs> March is we, March is upon us, and we need some luck of the Irish to meet our might's goal. We're looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Please look for your pot of mites and get that get them little gold coins and green checks sent in and deposited by the end of March. Our biennium ends March 31st for funding our 22 mites grants. As of the end of January, we were 80% of our goal. And yay, we are dancing for joy as the mighty wee mites have funded grant number 15, Wheels for the Gospel for the Church Trinity in Trinity Reno, Church Trinity Reno for $10,000. So, reach into your pockets and your purses and give to the purple mite box in the narthex. It's sitting out there waiting for your mites and your gold coins. And then another matter, um, I am talking about the Lent kitchen duties and the Lent that's coming up that um, this coming Wednesday, March 9th, we have our first soup supper, and it starts at 5.30. And so if your name, your last name begins A through M, bring soup. That's A through M, bring soup. If your last name begins N through Z, bring salad or desserts. And that will flip-flop every Wednesday. So keep track of your last name. And bring in your food. Thank you. Thanks, Lord. That probably means don't drink any great beer. Take your memory lesson. Just real quick, I wanted to remind you, um, if you weren't here last week, you may not have heard this. Uh, if you weren't here, you have another opportunity. The classrooms, the upper two classrooms up here, we're emptying them out to prepare for the construction that's going to take place to, for the classroom improvements. So if you are, would like to look through any of the books or shelving or any of the wall hangings, anything that's in there is open for any of you to take if you'd like. Um, next opportunity, if you can't make it today, uh, contact uh, Crystal or myself, Crystal at the school during the weekdays, and she can help you um, get hold of whatever you might want to take a look at, the books that have been in the library. Um, and also, whatever's left over, we'll have probably at the rummage sale coming up in May, which is another thing that we're going to start <laughs> looking for help with. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say, and I forgot. So. Our dean's back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So the rooms will be open if you'd like any more books. Thanks, Rick. Good morning. Uh, myself and uh, five other members of our congregation have been selected to be part of the nomination committee. As you may or may not know, the termination of our officers, the time of their, their term ends in June. By July 1st, we have 10 new people in place. They've done a tremendous job. Dave was up here talking last Sunday. But what I'm asking you to consider 
Because I may not know, there's some out here, or members of our committee may not know, people may be interested in taking on a position, or going to a position, or perhaps nominating someone. So next Sunday, in the inserting bulletin, we'll have positions, President, Vice President, Treasurer, Elders, and Board of Christian Education. President, Vice President, and Treasurer have turned out. The Elders can serve again, and Board of Christian Education, I'm not sure, but they'll be on your, on your list. Between now and next week, think about those positions. Think about a name, maybe that, and you know, if everybody nominates the same person, maybe that'll be the name put on the ticket when we have a voters meeting in uh, June. So next Sunday, look for the insert. In the meantime, pray about it, think about it. The leadership has been really done a great job through the pandemic. And hang in there. We hope that you can give us some prayer and fix some new people and fill those positions. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.
Alright, we got soups on first. Thank you, Lord, for that one. And let's see. Last one, but not least. Today is the final day that you can sign up. And the sign-up sheet is in the narthex. To your right, I believe it is, on the shelf. Oh, it's on a little table to the left. This is why we have people that tell me what's going on. So, it's on the table to the left. So, John, you can stand up for a moment. No clapping. Yeah, get away from next week. So, this is John's last week as an employee of Trinity Lutheran Church. Friday is his last day. So, on Sunday, right after church, there will be no Bible study hour next week. We are preempting it. So that we can all gather. I don't want anybody to go home first because then you may not come back. So right after, we're going to gather right afterwards. But please sign up because we need to know how many people are going to stay to, as we honor and thank John for how many years? That's what's going to matter for John. How many? 14. 20? 13 or 14 years. Okay, all right. Thank you, John. Um, coffee, Bible study at 10.30. You gotta go that way for the narcotic so you can sign up also. Yeah. There are devotions out there that are not the morning devotions, but these are also Lenten devotions put out by the um, Lutheran company. Oh, um, brain. Okay, that's okay. You're Lutheran. <laughs> Lutheran Hour Ministry. I'd say I had to get time to process it real quick. And it's based on the suffering servant, which is who? Jesus. Teaching. Yes, it's all about Jesus. So this is a great thing, too. They're short, also. Um, maybe, yeah, they're short. But he also has questions for you to look at. So it's a great one to do. Also, the, the morning devotion um, that I do is every day through Lent. So Monday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you didn't check your email yesterday or today, and you go home, check your email, because you're going to have two sitting in your email, or just go to our webpage, and uh, go to the devotion page, you can see more. So we're filling you up with a lot of stuff to take this walk as we go to the cross, and then get to celebrate on that day, and say those words we can't say for the next several weeks. Let's go in peace and serve the Lord. Let everybody know about this.